Squad Vancouver. Pre-game, post-game, every game presented by Bodog for sports odds to free casino games. Make a play at Bodog.net. Wadden and J-Pad here with you to kick off another week of the offseason. But boy, plenty of hockey to dive into over this past weekend, J-Pad. Of course, Canada winning gold. Once again at the World Hockey Championship over Germany, but this wasn't the biggest story of the weekend. Arter Seelofs leading Latvia to a bronze medal, the first time they ever medaled at a World Hockey Championship. I don't know if you've seen the photos coming out of Latvia, oh. but boy, you'd think they won gold, and rightfully so, because this is as good as gold when it comes to Latvia. Arter Seelofs, though, the story, best goaltender, MVP of the tournament, all-star team, you name it, he did it in this tournament. What a story for the young goaltender from the Canucks. Yeah, and anybody that's been listening to Rinkwide knows that we have been in charting Arthur Silov sort of as the tournament has gone. Certainly in the second week, it became a story. The This Latvian team with Silov as the last line of defense was making a play to get to the elimination round, and ultimately they did that, and then there was no looking back. And they lose to Canada in the semi. They've got a turnaround. They knew that they still had a chance at a medal. And that game against the U.S., and I was up early on Sunday, and, and I've watched more Latvian hockey than ever imagined I would in my life, but it was wildly entertaining. And certainly the Silov's angle, you know, I mean, it brought it close to home, but we saw this throughout the tournament, that final preliminary round game where they were down against Switzerland and they had to get at least a point and they did, uh, you know, they went down against the U S but there's just no quit. And they chip away and they tie it up and then win it in overtime. And the celebration at that point is, I mean, it started then and it's still going strong. And those scenes from Riga are like, that's insane. Like it does make me wonder. Like, should we value the world championship a little bit more in this country? Like, a little bit more. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's funny. Canada wins gold, and it's like, okay, whatever. We want gold. They win bronze. It's a national holiday. They got 50,000 people packing the town square in Riga. I don't know if you saw the video of the airplane flying back from Tempera, and they, they got, like, the water spray, like the ultimate sign of respect for aviation when the fire hoses are shooting the water over the top of the plane. Just incredible. And I'm like, damn, like that looks like fun. It looks like, like a legit celebration. And sure, it's a bronze medal. I love the quote, though, from the coach. And I tweeted it out. And he's like, yeah, for us, this is a small gold medal. And I thought that summed it up perfectly. Like, that's what it is. These guys had never medaled. They'd never been on the podium. Usually seen as sort of an afterthought, an international competition. And for Arthur Silovs to be the main man or one of the main men, just incredible stuff. So it was great drama. It was a great story. The fact that it had really strong Canuck connection made it that much better. And I don't know about you, but I just, I think for hockey, like in general, and I'm not trying to get up on a soapbox here and get all philosophical, but to have Germany finish second in a tournament like this one without Leon Dreisaitl and Tim Stutzla, and for Latvia to finish third, like this is awesome. Like it's, it's incredible. And I just, yeah, we touched on it briefly last week, but Germany feels like a sleeping giant or could be in terms of might, you know, the way Canada has become a basketball powerhouse, at least producing individual talent. There's no reason Germany can't continue to produce high level hockey players and finishing second here and finishing second at the Olympics back in 2018. Like, I think those are big stepping stones that, you know, a decade from now. Hey, maybe Germany will be, you know, among the teams that you have to consider when you go into these international competitions. And they're an athletic powerhouse when it comes to a nation as yep. well. So yep. yeah, I, I'm right there with you when it comes to Germany and a fantastic story for them. Let's not 
one get buried as well. You know, you're right. Stutzla, not there. A dry cycle, not there. They're still able to pull off the silver. Some people listening to this might go, well, Canada sent, you know, what, what would you even qualify that as? I don't even know if that's a D team. When you look at the top talent that's in Canada and they were still able to win the gold, but I think you're right though. Like we, we should cherish this a little bit more. Now Canada's won 28 gold medals at the World yeah. Hockey Championship. That's fantastic, though. And we should be proud we, of that. We never win the Stanley Cup, so... But, it, yeah, exactly. we got to win it here. something. Yeah. There, there has to be something in terms of... And this has been a debate that's been going on for quite a while. But international hockey, like, there's got to be some more of that, right? Like, we need international hockey, in my opinion, at least every other year. Of best of best. Like, World Hockey Championship is one thing. It's going to be tough to send your best of best, especially after an NHL season ends, especially after the fact that the Stanley Cup playoffs are still going on. So some of the top players are, are playing in that. So I can see why the World Hockey Championship could be tough for Canada to send its A-team. But every other year, we need best on best of some sort. And, you know, when you see countries like Germany and Latvia that are starting to meddle, you're right. Like, it's just starting to get bigger and bigger. And, and the powerhouses that of old are starting to sort of, you know, come down a little bit. Like look at Switzerland. They got a silver back in 2018. And there's a team that's always given Canada on the international stage problems as well. So yeah, I think in terms of international hockey, we need more of it. I don't know if we're going to be able to get it, you know, the, the A team for the world hockey championship, just strictly because of the date that it falls on. Yeah. I mean, one of the real stories to come out of this tournament was not just the way Latvia and Germany finished, but the way that they started. Latvia lost its first two games. Remember, it got dumped on by Canada, 6 nothing, and that's where yeah. the goalie got the hook, and that opened the door for Arthur Silovs. And then they lost their second game, 2-1 to to Slovakia. They were outscored 8-1 to in their first two games, and it kind of looked like another tournament for Latvia, only they were the hosts, and that part was disappointing, and then they caught fire. But Germany lost its first three games. That's right. And still rallied to get to the gold medal game. So in this long form tournament, you know, sometimes it's the draw, you know, you know that there are winnable games along the way and they kind of stumbled out of the gate, but they got their footing. And then for them, not a lot of looking back either. And, you know, sometimes you're going to get upsets. And the fact that, you know, the host Finns went out in the quarterfinals, Sweden went out in the quarterfinals, you know, Switzerland had this incredible run in the preliminary round. And then they didn't do much ultimately either. And they were victims of Latvia too. You know, so you like the odd upset along the way. I mean, that just kind of throws uh, things a little bit, you know, a little chaos into the mix as well. And so this tournament certainly had some of that. You know, next year's tournament's in Prague. I wonder, in one of the great cities of the world, and you're setting up shop, as we've established for two weeks, I wonder if location matters, if that might produce, you know, a little more interest in some of the North Americans to make the trek over there. And that's with all due respect to, and I've never been to Riga, although it looks like a hell of a party place and, (laughs) you know, temporary, like they look like they did a nice job. Yeah. Uh, And again, just geographically, the way that it worked out that the Latvians were all in, Finland was out of the tournament, an hour flight. And boy, we said on Friday, we thought that the Latvians, even though they would be on the road, it would feel like home ice advantage. And that was certainly the case. Like their fans traveled well and they were rewarded to, you know, imagine being a fan that made the trek to you know, be there in the building to see them beat the Americans in overtime to get that bronze medal. And so I love the way that the players uh, celebrated. I love the way that the nation reacted. And yeah, for Arthur Silovs to come back out there at the end of the whole thing and be awarded the tournament MVP. Amazing. Uh, you know, that's pretty heavy stuff. So we spent a lot of the last couple of weeks kind of charting his progress. But boy, when you step back and you just think, you know, when he left Abbotsford at the end of the season, and Spencer Martin played three of the last four games against the Calgary Wranglers. And 
and Jerry Colton had that choice. And, and I think he felt he had two goalies he could go with. He decided to go with Spencer Martin. But I imagine that Arthur Silovs, he's a competitive guy. He wants the net. You know, he watches three of those four games against the Wranglers from the bench. He's probably thinking, all right, I'm going to go represent my country. It's a great opportunity, but, you know, I'm going in. I'm probably number three on the depth chart. Like, yeah, I don't know this, but my hunch would be that he'd be a little disappointed in the way it ended in Abbotsford because he didn't play. And then he's probably thinking, you know, I'll be a depth guy, but it'll be a cool experience. It's in my home country, all that kind of stuff. And though, you know, to go from the way it ended in Abbotsford to where it is today that he's part of this group that's being celebrated by 50,000 people in the town square in, in Riga, like just an incredible couple of weeks for, for Arthur Silovs and all of his teammates. And, you know, I know that there's a ton of talk here in this market. Like, what does this do for him and his stock and where should he play next year and all of that kind of stuff? It's too soon to come to any answers on that, but I would have to think that, yeah, at the very least, it gives the Canucks certainly something to think about uh, in terms of what they've got and, you know, what's possible for this guy. Because, again, as you said, it's not best on best at that level, but it was him in a high-pressure situation night after night after night in the preliminary round where they got off to the slow start. They couldn't afford any more losses, so, you know, the heat was on there. That game against Switzerland at the very end where they had to get something out of it, and they did, and then to go into the elimination round and for... You know, the next time, wherever it is, whether it's Abbotsford next year, whether it's NHL playoff action at some point down the road, like what a great baseline for Arthur Silovs to draw on now in terms of experience and sure, maybe not best on best, but still really high leverage situation and certainly didn't look like the stage was too big for him. Yeah, and if Lafayette puts on a best on best team, he's definitely going to be on that team, right? So good for Arthur Silovs to to have the tournament that he had and to really break through the way he did, but Again, I think Canuck fans just need to take that slowly, though. Right? Let Arthur yep. Seelofs become what he hopefully can become for the Vancouver Canucks. And it's a good problem to have. In fact, you got Thatcher Demko there as well. Gives him a little bit of grace in terms of his development. Um, by the way, I think Moritz Sider is still playing over in, <laughs> in Finland right now. Boy, that guy, he's a workhorse for Germany. What a great player he has. And again, like, you know, when they start adding, you know, if, if say Dreisaitl or Stutzla were to play in that tournament, maybe it's a different result for Germany. We'd have to see. But Canada wins the gold medal over the Germans and Tyler Myers finishes the tournament with that goal. We talked about that one goal that he had. He was a plus eight on the tourney as well. And then Ethan Bear, his tournament didn't uh, finish too well. Uh, he got injured and, and missed what the last two games was it? So Bear finishes the tournament with no points. He was a minus one. And wasn't able to play in that gold medal game, but uh, not a bad tournament from Tyler Myers when you sort of look at the baseline statistics. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a champ. Congrats to him. He gets the gold medal. You can't take that away from him. There were some Tyler Meyer moments in there. Even the first goal in the gold medal game. That is uh, true. Where what, what was he doing? Not sure. He had the boards covered. Unfortunately, the middle of the ice was wide open. But he played 24 minutes and 44 yeah. seconds. Only Mackenzie Weger played more. So they leaned on him an awful lot. And part of that was because Ethan Bear was out. Bear and details are kind of sketchy. It sounds like he got slashed late in the game against Finland in the quarterfinal and then didn't play the yeah. semis or the final. But I will say I was really encouraged to see that he was out on the ice in uniform and able to celebrate the gold medal. Like they didn't send him home. I was trying to, you know, look pretty closely to see if I, you know, he looked fine like hand wasn't all wrapped up he wasn't gonna sling anything like that so you know I, i'm not a doctor i get that he's half a world away but it didn't look like anything that's going to you know carry over here in the summer prevent him from training again i, I say that with caution because i just don't know 
but I was glad that he was able to be out there and, and take part in the celebration because, you know, he was there for the preliminary round. He was part of that team. Joe Valeno, who was suspended for the rest of the tournament as well. I saw he was uh, suited up in uniform. I guess that that's okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what the double I Jeff let him wear skates. <laughs> yeah, you can't play exactly. Whoa. <laughs> Get away from us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even his teammates were like, yeah. <laughs> we'll bring the trophy to you. You just stay in the bed. Yeah. yeah um, over there. Over there. So Valeno was out there and so was Ethan Bear. And and look, I mean, when I first heard he was hurt, I was thinking back to OEL last year and the fact that, you know, it did hamper his off season. Now it was a foot injury then. This is upper body, that's all we know. Uh, but we'll see where it goes for Ethan Bear, who of course, you know, he'll come back and now it's contract. He's got a month here. Doesn't have a month. There's not a time, but I mean in the next month, certainly a qualifying offer. Uh, he's got Arbrights, all those types of things. So we will start to get some news on the Ethan Bear front, and hopefully we get an injury update. The other thing with Tyler Myers, though, was a little salty. Did you see the IG post after uh, where, you know, he just posted a picture of him holding the trophy, and the caption was, worst Canadian team ever or something along those lines. So, look, people, people take a lot of shots. the worst Canadian team? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, word filtered back to them, apparently, that, there were detractors out there. It wasn't the most talented Canadian team, certainly, but I don't know. I mean, they had legit NHLers and like we spent a fair bit of time talking about the U.S. and and how it didn't have star power. So I was a little surprised, but look, people have been throwing darts at Tyler Myers forever. If he wants to throw a few back, he's probably entitled to, especially as he's holding the, the championship trophy with the gold medal around his neck. But uh, yeah, getting a little, a little salty there uh, from Tyler Myers. Just one Canadian made the all-star team for the tournament. That was defenseman Mackenzie Weger, who finished with the 11 points in the tournament. And of course, Seelofs was the goaltender there. A couple of Germans, John Paterka and Mort Sider, and then Dom Kabalka, Kubalik, that is Kabalka. Kubalik was the other one from the uh, from Czechia. So yeah, good to see two Germans in the all-star team as well there. Speaking of the Americans, Connor Garland, bit of a different tournament for Connor Garland. Eight points. Scored two goals, but the U.S. has that great round robin, preliminary rounds, and then they fail to medal, losing to Latvia in the bronze medal game. You like those point totals from Garland, but at the same time, too, it was a bit of a Houdini at this tournament. Yeah, I thought his world championship was a lot like his NHL regular season. Yeah, but totally. If you look and you say eight points, all right, not bad, but three of them came in the 9 nothing win over France, including one of his goals. And if you look at his regular season, he went into the final game 82 in Arizona with 14 goals in the season, scores a hat trick, including the game winner. And all of a sudden it's a 17 goal season. And you're like, well, he was bumping up against 20. If you had a couple bounces here or there, but you know, yeah. 60 minutes of hockey or 65 minutes earlier, he was sitting on 14 goals. And we were all like, come on for 5 million bucks. You need more from this guy. So yeah, I mean, in the absence of a ton of NHLers, I kind of thought he might step up. Instead, it was Rocco Grimaldi, all five foot six of Rocco Grimaldi, yeah. was the leading scorer, runaway leading scorer for Team USA. And he really jumped at the opportunity that he had in front of him and was able to rack up the points where Connor Garland had some. But yeah, he leaves you wanting. And I think that's kind of the way his first couple of seasons as a Vancouver Canuck have gone as well. You know, unfortunately for him, he was on the ice for both the tying and the winning goal in the bronze medal game. Not that he was at fault. In fact, the tying goal, he goes down to block it and just snuck through a tiny little window of opportunity. I bet you nine times out of 10, he probably does block that shot. The one that got through, got all the way through and it tied the game and allowed Latvia ultimately to win it in overtime. So 
yeah, a bit of a mixed bag for for Connor Garland. Certainly didn't go off aside from the one game against France. And let's be honest, that's France. Last time I checked, not not a global superpower in the sport of hockey. So again, I salute all the not guys. Yet. That, Give them time. Give them time. All right, time. fair enough. But <laughs> I, I salute all the guys that represented their country and made the track. But yeah, I mean. You know, where we're just raving. Like, it would have been cool if it had turned out that our, you know, Connor Garland turned out to be the tournament MVP and, and came home with all his hardware. You know, how would that change the conversation around him in this market? Instead, it's Arthur Silov. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get too worked up about Connor Garland, but, you know, would have liked to have seen a little, a little bit more just terms of sort of prominence in, in some key moments and in some key games. Well, as we put a bow on the World Hockey Championship, one of the, I think I mentioned it when the tournament first started. It said that it sort of sneaks up on you. It doesn't really sneak up on you. You know, it's there every single year. What sneaks up on me is, is my interest in it every year, right? Like you, you don't really look forward to it. And then here it is all of a sudden you're, you know, into the Stanley cup playoffs, you're watching hockey every single night. And then as things sort of dwindle down, you're like, oh yeah, the world hockey championship. And the preliminary round is so long. It takes forever to get through. But it, all in all, like, you know, I thought it was a good tournament. And not only that, just good to have some, you know, extra hockey at this time of the year to get excited about. Of course, if you're Latvian, you're absolutely loving this. If you're German, you're absolutely loving it as well. But to me, a happy surprise, if you will, the World Hockey Championship. And I, and I thought this year's tournament was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And, and I ended up watching more than I thought I would. Yeah, if you'd ask exactly. me at the outset, there's no way. But I did get sort of latched on to Silovs and, and Latvia for sure. Now, imagine if Elias Pettersson had got the insurance and yeah. had been able to play. Like, that would have upped it. I mean, the time zone for me, the, the time change, I love. Like, you wake up in the morning and there's hockey on. And, uh, you know, I'm an early riser. So, you know, sort of those 5.30 and 6 o'clock, whatever, like, rather than just flipping through the dial, I'm like, hey, I'll put hockey on. Maybe watch it sort of one eye as I'm doing other things. But I do love that. Uh, and, again, yeah, I think the crowds make, yes. like, know that it's not the olympics it's not a world cup where nhl stars are front and center but just the way that it is consumed by fans in latvia and, and even the fans in finland uh you know and that was kind of a cool i thought too like you know it was two countries that were sharing the host duties this time around and i thought you know buildings looked good and the places were full for the most part and they had the skodas parked in the front row as they they always do there's something about that that i still will always love about european hockey that they give up prime seats in the front totally. five rows <laughs> to park a, a sedan <laughs> there's two so, though yeah. there's one on each side yeah no you're right yeah. so yeah like, it's totally different than we see on a regular basis and yeah nighttime is reserved for the stanley cup playoffs and Early morning hours, you get the World Hockey Championship for a couple of weeks. So it would be way better if I had no interest in it because the Canucks were still going strong in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That would be best case scenario. But failing that, and we are sort of conditioned to that now here, that, uh, yeah, I mean, there was, certainly was a little bit of interest or more than a little bit of interest uh, on my part as that tournament unfolded. And if anybody wants to send Rinkwide on a road trip next year, I got a good buddy that lives in Prague. In fact, uh, we could shack up with hey, them and uh, you, know, you guys just, you know, Get the flights for us, and uh, we'll figure everything out from there. 
The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one, playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them, the dome will be rocking, should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com and check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. Applewood Auto Group is celebrating 25 years of business, making the car business and our communities better. Applewood offers the best in-class experience, whether you're looking for a car, service, or to join our team. Come find out why it's all good at Applewood. Visit us online at applewood.ca today. All right, uh, speaking of Arthur Seelofs, he was part of a poll question that we put out at Rinkwide Van on Twitter over the weekend, and this got a ton of response, J-Pat. whole bunch of people replying to this, and it was something that we'd been talking about already here on the pod, but the question was, what sweetener would you be okay with the Canucks using in a trade to get off of a bad contract? And three options, the 11th overall pick, Arthur Seelofs or Nils Hoaglander. And 70% of the people are on board with trading Nils Hoaglander as a sweetener. Kind of thought that was going to be the case here. But a lot of the replies are none of the above. A lot of them, none of the above. And I don't think that people quite understand how difficult this is going to be for the Canucks to open up cap space. You might love all those options. There's some people that think that Nils Hoaglander is like going to you know, turn a corner and be this legit NHL player. And you know, maybe he will be. He's still developing, but at the same time too, like cap space is absolute gold when it comes to the NHL and the Canucks are in negative right now. If you're a Canucks fan, this is going to be a tough pill to swallow, but you're going to have to. Yeah. And I, I see a lot of people are like, you know, trade Myers, he's, you know, his value. Never- We've been through this. I yeah. Myers, yeah. Good for him. Congratulations. Like, honestly, I feel good for the dude. He won a gold medal at the world hockey championship. It does not boost his trade value. It just doesn't. And He's got one year left on his contract. Like, if you're going to part with one of these sweeteners of significance, it's not to get out from under one year of Tyler Myers. It is to really sort of unlock some flexibility on the on the cap. And that's why Besser with two years, Garland with three, OEL with four remaining. Like, those are the guys. If you're going to spend, you're going to want to get off one of those contracts. Now, again, if Chicago would take, the 11th overall pick and OEL, you do that in a heartbeat. I just, that's not happening. So that's why it seems like all roads lead back to the two wingers that we talked about. And um, you're right. Like, I don't know if like casual fans are the ones that are responding or if it's people that truly, like they just don't want to allow themselves to fully grasp sort of peril that the Canucks are in when it comes to the cap, but something has to give. Like we've been saying that, like I've seen people saying like, quit giving away things and draft picks and like, sorry, some point the Vancouver Canucks have to be cap compliant. And it's not just again, getting under the salary cap ceiling. It's trying to improve this hockey club. And so how do you meet both of those masters of shedding salary, but also getting better? You know, that's why I think for next season, a lot of it's going to be improvement from within and, I don't know. That's a lot of ifs that you are hoping that a bunch of players 
all sort of take a step forward. Like that just rarely happens that I'm not saying it couldn't, but between injury and inconsistency and all those types of things, it's hard to imagine that just about every guy on the roster is going to take a step forward and improve from within. Nils Hoglander, like, I, I don't know how, how people can watch him right now and, and say, oh, yeah, this guy, he's about to become, you know, this great NHL player. Like, he could be an NHL player. Don't get me wrong. But I don't, I think he's close to his ceiling when it comes to Nils Hoglander. I, I, listen, I'd be okay with moving Nils Hoglander over both the 11th overall and Archer Silovs. I think there's too much there with Archer Silovs right now. You know, goaltending. I mean, Dr. Demko could fall off a cliff this year. Who knows? I don't mean that literally, right? I like this reply too, though, from Colby. And this is a fan that looks like he he gets it. Says any of these options are okay and all are better than giving up a valuable pick outright, which they have done too often, even very, very recently. Says Seelofs and Hoaglander are great prospects, but the team's cap issues are greater. Like that sums it up. That's someone that gets it right there. And you might fall in love with everybody on this team. You might want to run it back, which sounds so weird considering the team didn't make the playoffs, but the reality is, is, is the cap is a complete mess. If I were the Canucks and a team came up to me and said, I'll get for the 11th overall pick, Seelofs and Hoaglander will take the OEL contract outright. I'd do it. I'd a hundred percent do it to get out from underneath that contract. That's how bad that contract is. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, well, that's a separate conversation, but uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to process. There'd be a lot out the door, but certainly, I mean, like, if there was any possible way that they could move off OEL and what's left on that contract, I think they would have to really, really consider it. But as we pointed out before, he's got a no movement clause, which gives him full control, full control. Yeah. And I mean, he seems pretty happy in Vancouver, even if things haven't gone particularly well. I mean, he handpicked Vancouver as one of his destinations out of Arizona. And I, I just don't get the sense that he's all that motivated to, to move on at this stage. Now, some would say, what's it matter to him? He's going to get his money wherever he goes. And that's true. But he negotiated a no movement clause so that he could control where he lives and plays. And we know that Swedes are pretty comfortable in Vancouver. Not that they can't be comfortable in other markets, but there's a long, long history here in Vancouver. And, and I think that was one of the reasons that he yeah. selected the Canucks as his destination of choice or one of his destinations of choice. And so at this stage, like, I just don't see him saying, sure, like move me on down the line, whatever. I'm expecting that he's going to put in the work this summer. Again, they've got Adam Foote, they've got Sergey Gonchar, they've got Rick Tockett and his systems. I would imagine he's going to get a chance to play at least to start with Philip Heronik, you know, like, is there enough there? You'd like to think that there's enough there with all of those other factors at play that OEL can get his game to a passable level, which I know sounds crazy for a guy making 8 million bucks, but I don't think they're buying him out. So the next best is try to rehabilitate the guy so that he can at least play and perform. You know, and again, with Thatcher Demko behind him for a full season as opposed to last year, I think all those factors, there's a bunch of ifs there. I get that, but I that's my hunch from a Canucks perspective is best case scenario is that OEL comes back fit and healthy and ready to go with a partner that, uh, you know, a better partner than he's had in his time here in Vancouver to this point. And let's see what he looks like and, and what he ultimately is able to contribute. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. 
Looking forward to this one. Playoff football, BC place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them. The Dome will be rocking. Should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com. And check this out. They start at just 30 bucks, and kids 17 and under can get in for 15 So bring the noise. Fill the Dome. Rinkwide Vancouver is presented by Bodog Makeup Play at Canada's Choice for free casino games, sports odds, and poker strategies. We get to some playoff talk now, Jade Pat. I thought for sure we were going to be teeing up the Stanley Cup final, but we're teeing up a game six as the Stars staved off elimination, beating the Vegas Golden Knights for two on Saturday. So the game six going down in Dallas. Where are you at with this series right now? Because every time you want to count somebody out, the other team wins. And it's just, it's crazy right now. It, it seemed like Dallas was, I mean, I I chose VGK. And with my last best bet, I thought for sure they were going to put an end to this series. But here we are heading back to Big D. Yeah, I got the overtime win at home and then got the win that they obviously had to have in Vegas on Saturday night. And, you know, a guy like Ty DeLandria comes up for them. And that's what you love about playoff hockey is you need your stars going, but you also need... You know, guys chipping in and stepping up and coming through in crunch time. And we've seen that a bunch already. And you saw it again, you know, an unlikely hero, I suppose, if you were picking guys in the Dallas Stars that you thought was going to would step up and, and, and play the role of hero. So now they get their captain, they get Jamie Benn back. And, you know, he's not what he once was, but he's still one of their top six forwards. And so, you know, shoving him back in the lineup, that's an improvement to this Dallas team that's at home. It's probably the curse of death for them here, but. I think they're going back to Vegas for a game seven. Here. I think Dallas is going to find a way. And yet every time that I write off or bet against Vegas, that's when they step up and, and come through. So yeah, it's kind of a hard series now to predict and figure out, but the stars are, they're doing what they have to do to, to hang around. Jason Robertson starting to score some goals too. A guy yeah. that, uh, <laughs> you know, we've spent a fair bit of time talking about early in the playoffs. There wasn't a whole lot there, but, you know, when you score 46 in the regular season, clearly you go through some runs and some streaks and he's kind of hitting a, a sweet spot and that's good news for the Dallas Stars. So, yeah, I mean, let's see. Vegas wants no part of being forced to the limit. And of course, uh, the Florida Panthers just sitting back, rubbing their hands. They want this thing to go the distance. You see Matthew Kachuk on the yeah. NBA on TNT pregame show. Just the contrast between sitting beside Shaq on the panel. It's just to think like these are two professional athletes or certainly you know Shaq was but and Shaq was hilarious because just flat out admitted he knows next to nothing about hockey Barkley's all in Kenny Smith he had a you know passable level of interest and knowledge and Shaq was like I know nothing I'm out of here well hold on hold on on those printer commercials he tells us that he loves it when it comes to hockey come on right. Shaq what a pitch man that isn't fully yeah. telling the truth I was oh. going to buy me some Epson printers doing that now. <laughs> yeah, you're right, though. I mean, such a good look. I love the the TNT, the fact that TNT's gotten into hockey because they're starting to give that, you know, some personality, which is so needed in hockey. And I, I've talked about the panel. I like their panel. I I, I think they're good. I, li- I like what they do. And I think it's just going to get better. But yeah, someone like Matt Kachuk being on the panel there, so good for the game. And not only that, like Charles Barkley, just he's he's amazing. Do you hear him trying to pronounce Bobrovsky? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If you didn't hear that, folks, go and search it out. It is absolute gold. It's Charles Barkley gold, too, which is even better. When it comes to my best bets, Christian hit us up on 
Instagram through our rinkwide Vancouver account saying, Wadden, your best bets in the playoffs are horrible. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> He's not wrong. I am just, I have, I hope people are fading me right now. And I'm going to give you another pick tonight because this is what we do. But uh, getting plus money on the Golden Knights tonight, J-Pat. They're the dogs at plus 110. Okay. Uh, to me, just I, when I see the Golden Knights on plus money, that to me, that just looks like we got we to gotta get in on that action. So I'll take the Golden Knights tonight at plus 110. You said you'd like to see a, a game seven. Dallas is at minus 130. So if you put a little cheese down, you can make a little bit there by betting on the stars. But that is our best bet for the week or for the day, sorry. And hopefully I hit this one because, Christian, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I have been doing very poorly, but I was good in the regular season. I was very good in the regular season. I, I enjoyed the money that I made. Hopefully well, for hang you on as a well. Sec. Goods relative. You were keeping pace with the Canucks in their win total. Yeah, but this is betting, J. Pat. I understand that. Understand that. But not yeah. a ton of glory in keeping pace with the Canucks. That is true. and their win total uh, over true. the course of a, a regular season. We should tell the people as well that all of our playoff talk here on Rink Quiet presentation. Jason Hominick at Jason.Morgan. And if you're not sure what's happening with rates and home prices, you're not alone. And this is why you have a mortgage. If you have a mortgage already or you're thinking about buying, you need to have an expert on your side. And that's where Jason Hominick comes in close to three decades of experience. And you want to put it to use for you. Jason's in the business of helping rink-wide listeners save money. And he wants to do that for you as well. So reach out. You can find all his contact info on his website, jason.mortgage again it's jason hominick and the website is jason.mortgage also too we've got uh, some best buy gift cards that uh, we're going to be giving away we're going to let you guys know about that on tomorrow's podcast but uh, just be uh, looking out on our socials as well at rinkwide van on twitter rinkwide vancouver on instagram as well and uh, yeah we'll let you know how we're going to give away some of those sweet best buy gift cards jpack is always a lot of good stuff that you can pick up uh, at Best Buy. All right. This has been another edition of the Rink Wide Vancouver podcast presented by Bodog for Jeff Patterson. I'm Andrew Wadden. Remember, Rink Wide is the show that always works.